the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 162 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheen, and with me, like every week, is the Brian Molko of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we take you through a big week uh, of MMA, we had uh, Bama at the weekend, which we'll get the first here in a second, the big UFC card as well, which we'll talk about. There was Bellator, there was Cage Legacy as well, which neither of us were at, but we have the results up, and we'll, we'll talk about that. We've the UFC next week. Did I mention Bellator? I think I did, but we've that as well, and we've stuff happened with the Diaz brothers uh, and loads of other stuff anyway, which we'll get to. Before we get to that, before we uh, have a bit of a chat here, shout out uh, to the people who've signed up on Patreon over the last couple of days. Damien Mullally, JJ Murphy, uh, Kean, uh, Jeeves, uh, Ke- uh, oh, these, these are double down, but there's a few more anyway. Um, oh, Will Rolton is there and Dylan Sheridan as well. Sound out to all of you and we'll give the everyone else. If you haven't got a shout out yet, give us, uh, give us a shout and we'll give you a shout out. Patreon.com my podcast if you haven't signed up yet uh so there's that's that graham how are things good weekend we, we we saw too much of each other over the weekend really didn't yeah, we? it, was a, it was a good weekend bar having to hang around with you for a few mm-hmm. hours on uh saturday but uh you can't can't win them all <laughs> you can't in fairness yeah we did, we did a good bit of cracks seeing all the you know all, all the the lads and the, the fighters and all around there was Dave Fogarty going around sticking his his beautiful ginger beer designs uh stickers on people yeah he didn't notice that i stuck mine the one he stuck yeah. on me back on him and he was walking around <laughs> with for hours. Yeah, that was that was pretty good in fairness, but he, I'm sure he'd be delighted with that anyway. And uh yeah, there was a few Richard Kiley's there, he's talking about coming back in uh I think he said September, October, didn't he as well? He was talking to Will Flory, he's he's delighted with signing for Bellator and all the lads seem to be happy enough yeah. around him. Kylie's jacket, what are your what are your opinions? I liked it, it to be honest. I, I liked it. And you know, a lot of people yeah. were kind of iffy about it, but that that'd be my start to style now, you know. I was I was very impressed with him. He's, uh, the con- the uh, controversy at Bama was uh, Kylie's jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty stylish, fairness, but uh, what would I know about style? You know, through the stadium like a fucking hobo going around the place. And, and me me saying your jacket looks good is probably a bad thing. <laughs> it's in fairness. It is in fairness. It is. Yeah, but uh, I suppose we let, let's get into let's get into Bama before we do anything else as we were at it as it was. Uh, Pretty... Actually, while we're on the dress, the dressing, I think it was it was a Mr. Podger, who was it? Wally Frogman, one of the guys that one of the regular guys mm. you probably know was was saying, uh, being the the best dressed severe member is like winning a what was it? It was something to do with, I don't know. Uh, uh, some he was. You stopped it now. You better fucking finish this. Ah, I, know, I thought you. I thought you might know. But wait, that's a question, Daniel. Anyway, I think that was a question. Let's answer it here. Who is the best dressed severe member? Oof. Uh, definitely not you, anyway. Um, Why not? I'm my beautiful <laughs> man, to be honest. It's got to be Noel McGrath, you know, walking around wearing that point. <laughs> the, the ex-MMA journalist Noel McGrath is a former oh. MMA journalist. Noel McGrath. Alive, is he alive, is he? Is he? Where is he? Yeah, I don't know. know. He's, I don't know. He's dead. I think I saw him on the, on the side of the milk carton earlier. I wasn't sure if it was him or not. Yeah, sure. Hopefully he's still alive in here, but... Probably yeah, making sausage rolls and spar, like, just <laughs> laying low. You probably robbed too many. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely me. I'm I'm definitely the best. Uh, the best. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's let's talk about this this Bama card. It was a it was a pretty amazing card. Before we get into the actual card itself, I suppose you know we've talked about about Bama before, and you know the good things and bad things of the card. But I thought this time it was from our point of view, and before we get into the, the fighting point of view, and uh, it it was pretty good. Maybe it was it wasn't the most um, 
stack card coming into it, but it turned out to be great. And maybe it wasn't the biggest crowd there as well, but they were they were pretty boisterous and a lot came in, I think, after the Linster match as well. I think there was maybe about 2,000 there or something like that. I think someone told me there was around 2,000 there, but I, I have to confirm with Bama yet. But from our point of view, as I mentioned, the, I thought the media was much improved that, you know, they did everything kind of we, we asked and everything we wanted. They, they were perfect every time the fighters were coming up, you know, they called us up and everything. So from that point of view, I thought it was... I thought it was a much improved show. A couple of people were saying the production values and stuff, they weren't tweeting out as much and maybe they had less staff and, and stuff in, in place that they weren't putting the finishes up on Bama or on uh, Twitter as much. But overall, Graham, how, how did you find the show from that point of view? Yeah, um, the media side of it, I thought it was better because we were in a better room where it wasn't like a little sweat box and there was a bit of room to manoeuvre and um, it was a show altogether. It kind of was... was Look on paper beforehand didn't didn't look like it was going to be the best mama car, but then it actually fight to fight. It was actually really really good. Um, uh, yeah, the crowd. I think it was just an awkward day to do it. Like there was the, the Leinster match was on, like the 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 European Cup final, and there was a there was a couple other things going on, like the Cage Legacy was going on. I think they sold a, a thousand or so tickets apparently as well up up, up in Uri. So there was a bit of a split there, but uh, yeah, the the actual show itself, the the fights were, were really really good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'd say the crowd would be the, the thing they're, they're most disappointed with. Uh, but let's talk about the, the fights themselves. And I suppose before we get to the, the big the big three fights, which were all, you know, pretty interesting in, in the way they happened, let's talk about some of the uh, the undercard fights. And you were you were imp- very impressed with the the uh, Aaron robinson Blaine O'Driscoll fight, weren't you? You thought this was yeah. one of the best fights you've seen in a long time. Yeah, that was a ridiculous. That was ridiculous. Like, what was it, three or round or three or four minutes? I think it was mm-hmm. like three minutes. Uh, Aaron Robinson was highly touted. People were, um, people were at the arena. A couple of people came up to me saying, "Oh, you got to watch out for this guy, uh, Aaron Robinson. He's gonna." They were saying he's gonna. Or one guy was saying he's gonna win by flying knee. They were saying, "No, oh, his last one that he lost was just was just he got caught, but he, he improves and all this stuff." So there was a lot of confidence around him. He'd already beaten uh, Adam Caffrey in, uh, I think, a couple of fights ago. So Adam Caffrey's a uh, tough guy to beat as well, and he, he choked him in the first round. So uh, Blaine. Uh, it was obviously coming off the first, um, the first uh, being finished for the first time in his career, and against Dominic Wooding, who's who's obviously a really good prospect. So it was an important, it was an important win for him. Losing two in a row isn't ideal, even even at this stage. Like f- your record going to six and two and going to five and three is, is a good bit different. And he had to face adversity. Uh, Blaine did. He he was dropped hard. He had his back taken. He, he resisted the rear naked choke. He got out. He dropped Robinson uh, a couple of times and. I think uh, I think Robinson kind of half slipped the second time, and uh, Blaine kind of pounced on it brilliantly and uh, got the rear naked choke, and yeah, it was a great performance. Yeah, I was very impressed with the way, as you mentioned there, he kind of came back. He, he looked like he was going to get choked himself, and then came back to uh, to he get the choke. I'm just going to sneeze. Where <laughs> you can leave that in. No Bless you, Sean. No Bless you. The other person who I was probably most impressed with, and uh, from I suppose an outside the Irish MMA point of view, was Anthony Taylor. You know, he came up to us before the uh, the fights and was kind of explaining. You know, he he that post on social media not too long ago, he's talking about suicide and everything like that. And he he was telling us he was kind of in a dark place. He's much improved now, and he did the uh, the scrum with the the media guys afterwards as well. And he he explained it even further that um, Antonio McKee kind of took him in as being kind of a father figure to him and. 
to be honest, all around, you know, he he, he seemed happy going going around. You know, seemed seemed pretty good. And then when he got in, his his wrestling looked very good, looked good on the ground, and he got the the second round rear naked choke from a guy who was what well, he came into the fight two and five, wasn't it? He didn't look like a guy who was who was two and five against you know Dean Barry, a guy who's uh, doesn't have much experience, but is kind of highly touted around the place, isn't it? Yeah, like uh, you, you mentioned, he came. Anthony Taylor came up to us beforehand, and he seemed you wouldn't, you would, you never would have guessed he was about he was fighting, and it was an, yeah. an important fight for his record and big fight for him. But he he seemed relaxed. He seemed like he was having the, the crack. He was talking to myself and yourself and a few other media members, and uh, yeah, fair play to him. He seems in a much much better space uh, than than he was, as you mentioned with the with that um uh, suicidal post on um on Facebook there a few or a couple of months back now. So uh, it's good to see. It's, it's, it was good to see him get the win. Um, just, just uh, you see how much it meant to him. Uh, so it was. A, it was. A, it's a good story. Like a lot, a lot of the time. Um, a lot of the time, maybe when when somebody when somebody's suicidal like that, they 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 don't come out and, and say anything, and then it ends up building up and it gets worse and worse, and the kind of worst happens. But uh, fair play to him. He he seems to have, him and his friends seem to have uh, worked through it or. or in the process of working through that, so uh, yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, hundred percent. Much rear naked as well, so fair play. Yeah, very good. Yeah, <laughs> very good performance. Yeah. Uh, Miles Price as well. It was. It wasn't the greatest fight in the world against Phil Rayburn, but he was a guy we were talking about beforehand, and I didn't even realize he was fighting <laughs> because we were kind of just chatting away. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. here comes Miles Price. Out. But uh, even Miles was like, yeah. Miles was like the Reds are when we were chatting. Jimmy was like, "Oh, how are you feeling, Reds are?" Reds was like, "How am I feeling? You're fucking fighting in a few years. How are you feeling?" <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, there was a kind of a back and forth fight between him and Phil Rayburn, who's obviously been training with SPG. He's over there with uh, with John Phillips, you know, a star of Instagram, the two boys <laughs> with Mac Van Amerikani as well. And it was a good back and forth fight. I think you know, Miles said that he was out of the cage for what two years before that fight, and he came back in and you know he he got the rust off, but he he looked good as well. It was it was a, a close enough fight, but I think the unanimous decision was, was probably right. And there's talks of him getting a big fight as well coming up, Gremmitner. Yeah, there is actually. I was, I was just as you were talking. I was, I, I should have better check if that's been announced yet. But uh, I, I don't, I don't think it is. I'm just having a quick look here. But uh, I haven't seen anything about it yet. But it should be, there should be a big fight announcement for Miles' uh, price coming very soon. I wonder what that could be. Now let, let's speculate. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's see what we I would speculate when you know the answer, can you? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. But yeah, he's so, so any big Irish lightweights or maybe not in the UFC anymore that don't have a fight it, line. It, it, it's a rematch. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. You can work it out that way. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all I go. Well, I probably <laughs> <laughs> gave too much away, but okay. I wonder. I wonder. It'll be, there's many shows in Dublin, really. Now, is there coming up? There might, you know, there's many in Cork or in Galway or Limerick or. Yeah, two over in uh, the the Queen's Britain though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think you could probably guess for that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that fight. Anyway, if it, if it does materialise, and that uh, that should be that should be pretty good. What else from the the undercard uh, impressed you? There was lots of good finishes. Dermot Obukla got a good one. Um, James Sheehan got a good one as well. Both got first round finishes. Uh, Nathan Kelly, that was a, that was a close fight. I thought Kelly might have just nicked it, but a split decision. You know, I can't fault it too much. It, it was it was relatively close. And also, watching from press row is literally the worst place in the world to watch MMA fights, and the judges have a much better view and on the people at home as well. But what, what from the undercard impressed you? Yeah, the the two quick finishes as you mentioned from James Sheehan and uh, Dermot Bukla from Rhino. Uh, I think it was two uh, first round rear naked choke for for Sheehan and uh, first round uh, TKO for for Dermot Bukla. So. It's a it's a good start to the pro career for Jimmy Nobukula, and it's a 
it's a vital win for James Sheehan. Like you're already 0 and one, you don't want to go 0 and two. Like one and one is uh, getting back to one and one is important. And even even the, the the first fight of the night was an amateur fight, and Mark Galvin, who's uh, known for his uh, triangles, he he got a rear naked choke. I think he was it was a close fight in the first couple of rounds, but I think he's probably behind on the on the cards from what people were saying. But as you say, it's hard to uh, it's hard to it's hard to get the angles and watch these fights properly when you're on media row and you're you're talking to people and running up and down and stuff. So uh, you probably have to go back and watch that. But uh, fair play to him. Um, Sam Slater came in on very short notice and got a great win over Castro. He, he he looked really good. Um, that was his pro debut as well. So yeah, there was a, there was a good there was a few nice pro debuts. And as you said, the, the Nathan Kelly fight was very close. I think a lot of people thought that uh, he he'd won, but uh, it was it was it was close enough that it was no uh, no robbery. Yeah, hobbery, hobbery. Uh, right, let's get to the top three fights. I want to talk about the, the main event first. Uh, Alex Lahore against Ion Pascu. And Ion Pascu came out with a, a pretty a pretty dominant unanimous decision win. Uh, he, he dominated the first round with his wrestling and the third round as well. The second round he got he got the early takedown, but Lahore had a bit of uh, had a bit of joy in that round, although Pascu was giving him his own, you know, on the feed as well. But I thought it was 29 28 30 27 you know you can you can argue about the second round but much much improved again by Ian Pascu you know he fought not too long ago against Ed Root maybe that fight helped him a little bit you know that he's a lot uh, you know stronger wrestling himself and maybe uh, Pascu couldn't get off his wrestling on that fight and he was better suited to to this fight against uh, against Alex Lahore who you know who's done good things in the past obviously beat Richard Cook, we're talking about earlier on as well uh, but o- overall it was a it was a good a good um Performance by Ian Pascoe, not the not a classic like maybe some of the other fights on the card, but a good fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. It was a good game plan by Pascoe. I think they just uh, kind of close up that that not hole in his game. He's, he's not like incompetent on the ground, but when you come up against top top level or top level guys on the the like UK and Irish and and European scene, you're gonna if you can't, if you can't defend wrestling as well, you're gonna drop some you're gonna drop some fights. So at least you recognize that straight away, and that's that's a good thing to go and improve. With Pascu, it was a quick turnaround from the, the Ed Root fight. Ed Root is obviously a highly touted wrestler, and it was kind of a bad style matchup for Pascu, who's, you, I think his plan is usually to kind of get on top of the ground and pound and maybe hope you get a get a, get a TKO or, or hope you give up a submission. So, uh, yeah, Pascu looked really good. Um, he, he, he looked, uh, it was pretty dominant, Bard. There was a couple of moments on the feet where he kind of had to move away, but uh, he, didn't get in, he didn't get into a slugfest. He just moved away and shot for the takedowns again and just made Lahore have to worry about that the whole time and uh, the game plan worked to perfection yeah and then your boy Team Graham Fabian Edwards uh, broke his hand he broke his hand but he he got one of the nastiest knockouts I've ever seen live an absolutely perfectly placed liver kick left kick to the the side of uh, of Conti just absolutely curled him up uh, what about 30-40 seconds into the fight or something like that look yeah we we were talking to Tyo Daly over. We we did a podcast over on Patreon. If anyone signed up there hasn't listened to it yet, and he was he was talking about maybe you know what's what's the hype about here that he he wasn't really doing much for the first few seconds and he kind of burst into life. But we talked about it so many times on the podcast, and a sign of a great fighter is how calm and cool they are, and it's something you very rarely see for someone someone who's wanted to see five fights into his career now. But you see it from him. He's so cool. He he looks. He looks like he knows what he's doing all the time, you know, and that's something you don't re- even with top class high high level MMA, you don't see that all the time. But Fabian Edwards has it now. There might, might be other things in his game that that won't take him all the way. But at the moment, looking at what he's doing right now, this guy looks like the real deal, doesn't he? He really does. 
like a lot of young fighters in their in their pro careers, they break their hand really early in the kind of biggest spot they've they've been in in terms of card position. They might they might panic a little bit, or but you wouldn't even have known that he broke his hand. He he just was doing what he was doing. He was kind of he was kind of in no rush, but he was but he was always kind of positioning uh, positioning Conti where he wanted him. And then the second he kind of had him up against the cage when or towards the cage with nowhere to go, he just unleashed that body kick and it folded him like a lawn chair. It was, it was all over straight away. I'm pretty sure he broke his hand after he landed the, the kick. I'd say he... I oh, did he? I was, yeah, I was looking at it and he hit him right on the top of the head with with the first shot af- or the second shot maybe after he knocked him with the kick and that looked pretty bad. I think that was it. He held his hand immediately after that. But it, m- it might not have been now, but to me it looked like... It looked like that, all right. But yeah, it was unfortunate he he broke his hand. But hopefully, you know, hopefully he's not out, out too long. Hopefully it's, it's something it's something not too serious. Maybe he can get back in there in in, in the next six months. Uh, but you know, you obviously you you've said it before that how, how good you you actually think he is. You know, there's a lot of people talking, and he was talking about maybe fighting Alex Lahore next. I saw a few people talking about him maybe fighting Will Flory, although Will has gone to uh, gone to Bellator now. But I, I was kind of talking to Will about him, and he goes, "Yeah, he's very good, but I'm very good too." So you know, I was I don't think he'd have, have any fear of, of fighting him if that was put together. Um, uh, you know, the horse coming off two losses, don't know. You're really yeah, you're really killing him if you throw him in there against Fabian and he loses. So yeah. He, he was like your champion not so long ago. People, maybe he's not a massive star, but pe- people who are who are into the, the the local scene or even studying the local scene would have heard his name just due to headlining cards and stuff. So I I think you probably want to get him in there against uh, an easier an easier matchup than uh, a middleweight who's undefeated and one of the best prospects in MMA, especially mm-hmm. when Lahore is a welterweight. Is there anyone around that middleweight that you could think maybe <sighs> would be next for Fabian? I, it's hard. I was thinking myself, like, and yeah. I, I wouldn't be the biggest aficionado on, on local MMA stuff, but it, it's so hard because, you know, who's who's under contract, who's who's going to be going to the UFC or Bellator, who's going, you know, who's going to go to Cage Warriors or KSW or something, you know, it's it's tough. But, you know, I was, you know, it, it's hard to know, but I, I, whoever is around, you know, probably would be best off avoiding Fabian Edwards at this stage of their career, I think. Because I really, I agree with you. I too, I do think he's the, I do think he's the real deal, and he'll be going on to to follow his brother into the UFC pretty soon. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah I, like you know. people that are popping into into my head. There's not that many out middleweight, but maybe like, you know, the really experienced guys like you know Ronan McKay or, or Danny Mitchell or people like that. But um, maybe maybe your man Kevin Fryer. Um, um, where's Shane Mills? Mills? Where's Shane Mills these days? Yeah, um, where is Shane Mills these days? Um, I haven't heard from him in a while. I'd watch that. Yeah, Leroy Barnes. He's fought at middle middleweight a few times. I'm just trying to think of other people. Johnny um, Jitsu. Johnny Jitsu. Yeah, uh, I think I think Fabian. He's probably going to be out for what? It's hard to know with a hand, but I think he said it was a confirmed that the the doctors had told him it's a confirmed break in his hand, so he'd be out for a while. So. Uh, Maybe the the picture of middleweight on the local team will be a bit clearer when he gets back. What about um? I always get his name. It's Paul Byrne, isn't it? The SPG guy that fights at middleweight. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's uh coming off I think two or three losses in a row though. So yeah, he was six and zero, and now he's dropped to six and three now. Uh, he lost to Ronan McKay, and then he lost a couple after that. I think. Yeah, uh, but yeah, looking forward to, to seeing Fabian back. But what about then? Uh, it's not the main event, but it was probably you know the main event to to a lot of people <clears throat> where Kiefer Crosby went in with Josh Plant, who must get huge plaudits as well, and put on a, a, an absolute war of a fight. Yeah. Oh, has I think it's probably the best fight I I've seen. I you know you've you've been at Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald and stuff like that, but 
this was this was phenomenal. Maybe Carl Pinder and Mike King is always pretty good as well. I've seen. Yeah, that was uh, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> this was. This was uh, like you could you could kind of sense it as it was happening that it was it was kind of a an epic fight that was going down. It, it was one of those that somebody is going down here and this is going to get finished pretty soon. But it was it was an absolute war of a fight between two you know tough fucking hard guys who just threw everything on the line. Yeah, Plant went in. I think initially he was gonna he was working to try and get a takedown. Then Kiefer actually threw, uh, got on top of him with a takedown, and and Plant just just seemed to decide, okay, we're just gonna. We're just gonna slug this out, and in like in theory, before the fight, you would have thought that he would that would have been a terrible plan. But and he and he did end up getting getting TKO'd. But uh, he landed a few of his own, and it, it it made it a really really entertaining fight, as you said. Kiefer looked looked really good as well. He was willing to to exchange. The crowd were loving it. I think maybe that that kind of helped as well. Um, Kiefer, Kiefer is now trying to four and out, so he's probably looking at at maybe one more or. or I don't know if he's instant Bellator, if he wants to go to the UFC, but maybe one more Bama or, or even like, I'm not sure what his contract situation is, but even KSW, maybe Brave, something like that. I think uh, as long as there's, there's no injuries to Kiefer, I think he'll be, he'll be, he'll be uh, in a big spot in the next fight, one of these upcoming cards. Yeah, hundred percent. <clears throat> There's people talking about him maybe even getting title shot. He he said it himself. You know, he him and I and Pasco are kind of maybe putting themselves in prime position now with a, with a few more guys. But yeah, I I I think he's very good. You know, we we talked about it before that how how his game progressed. It's hard maybe to see how his game progressed in in this fight because this was kind of a just throw everything out the window and go balls out for it and and entertain the crowd, which. You know, which isn't a bad thing when you come out on top of it. And even you know, Josh Plant has has upped his uh, has upped his his rate as well. Let's say I'd say a lot of people, if he came back to Ireland, would love to see him fight again. But Kiefer Crosby, you know, Conor McGregor sitting there cage side as well. You know, ha having him on camera, having him over social media and stuff. He came to see this guy, and this is what he does: puts on this unbelievable fight. You know that that can only be good for you like and that's something he, he should definitely you know definitely run with i saw him putting up pictures and stuff on social media and you know these, <clears throat> these that's how kind of things are run these days you go in if you can put on great fights and get a winning record like he is like that and you know have conor mcgregor by your side you know it's, it, kind of giving you you know giving you the nudge to be the, the next guy you know they, they, he has everything in his favor you know we've seen how james gallagher's kind of done with it you know he kind of runs with the same crew as him and uh, you know if if he can if he can push on and and can continue to improve and continue to do the good things he does and continue to be in great fights like this and coming out coming out the right side of me it's only um, it's only upwards for Kiefer Crosby to be honest and you know we, we were kind of worried maybe a year ago or no even with, with Kiefer I remember myself and McGann talking on the podcast before about him when he was an amateur and you know he dropped a couple of fights you know we were talking Dale about it as well and maybe worrying about him was he was he getting the improvements that he needs and stuff but <clears throat> i think he's actually been wise you know he's taking his time between fights you know we were talking about last week maybe a little bit worried about that <clears throat> but it, it seems to have done good for him you know he's he's chin didn't see many <laughs> you know any problem la um saturday night in the war he seemed to be very comfortable and, and came out on top of it with those uh, mcgregor elbows and the finish as well but you know he, he seems to be doing it the right way and and uh improving time by time and he looks like you know, he looks like to be leading the way with the likes of Reese McKee and and a few more as as great prospects coming out of Ireland, the kind of the new generation now. Really, you know, after kind of McGregor and Pindred and Paddy Hoolan and Chris Fields and you know Reds are have kind of moved either out of MMA or are into you know where they are at the moment. Uh, these are the new breed coming through, and they seem to be doing pretty well right now. 
Yeah, like Kiefer, he, he, I think he had. I think we talked about it last week. He had a lot of amateur fights and was in, wasn't in a rush to turn pro, and it's really served him well. Um, I think his striking has always been really good. I think you could see even in the, the plan fight, some of the the shot selection from him was really nice, especially early. Um, he's not just swinging. He's not just swinging for defenses. He, he's calculated in there. Um, his ground game was a bit was was always like you know when you're a kickboxer coming in your ground game's always going to be a bit behind when when you're an amateur but he 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 looks comfortable he doesn't he doesn't panic when he's when the guy tries to take him down and he's willing to go to the ground himself as he he showed when he went for a triangle and elbows in his previous fight before this so uh, yeah he's, he's improving all the time his his cardio looks good he looks in great shape and he seems really confident as well which is which is obviously a, a plus as well and as you say he's he's really coming into his own. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, well, good card overall. <clears throat> Looking forward to the to the next one coming. Hopefully, you know, Obama and Cage Warriors and everyone can keep continue to put on uh, put on fights. And I believe Brave are coming as well to the North. They announced that a couple of weeks ago. So uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's an up a good time for Irish MMA and Cage Legacy as well. Had a card at the weekend. We've the results up there on, on uh, Severe Mid. Damien Rooney, I believe, in, in what his retirement fight or. Well, that is know, yeah, he, well, he came in, got a, got another good win. Decky McAleen, and a lot of people I saw talking about that. He won by first round TKO, but a lot of people were very impressed with him. Um, uh, Caelan Lochran as well got a win there. Um, Mickey Pereira got a win from Team Torres, and a few more. So you can see all the results on severemed.com. But as you as you mentioned, you know, a big crowd at that as well. What, what was it, a thousand people, two thousand, or uh, maybe even a little bit more? Confirm that with Bama when we can, but. A weekend for Irish MMA, you know, with not the best card on paper in the world at Bama, those weren't bad numbers, you know, we'd, we'd maybe expect more from Bama, but overall, you know, two, to have two shows like that, it's good for Irish MMA to show that people will show up. Yeah, it was. It was uh, one other, one thing about Bama. Uh, okay, yeah, the, the social media thing, uh, getting the clips up is uh, is is one thing, but just uh, whoever was like the director of, of oh, picking yeah. the, the camera angles kept. Mm-hmm. Kept picking the the wrong angle on all the submissions. Like you, you behind, you, if it was a rear naked choke, you you see the the guy's back. It was just a I don't know. It was just it, it seemed like it was a new guy or something uh, directing the show, and uh, he didn't really seem to understand uh, what what people were, what you need to look out for and what angles you need. But uh, um, yeah, that was that was a little bit of a a, a little bit annoying, but. The, the fights themselves were, were really good, so you kind of let that go. <laughs> 100%, yeah. All right, let's move on. Before we get to the UFC, let's talk about Bellator at the weekend. And obviously, we I don't know, did you get a, a chance to see all these fights? Well, the, the big one, anyway, was only 14 seconds. I see. I think everyone saw that with um, <clears throat> Ryan Bader knocking out King Mo in short order and getting on to fight Matt Mitrion now in the next round of the uh, the Cruiserweight tournament, as I like to call it. Impressive by Ryan Bader. Just, <laughs> the Cruiserweight tournament. Just came in and, and knocked Moe's block off, basically. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of had it on in the background. It was on at the same time as the UFC, which is strange, and uh, it's, hard, it's not on TV over here, so uh, flying up back and forth, you know. <laughs> um, now, uh, the... the the prospect, the, one of their biggest prospects, Aaron Pico, got another win, another finish as well on the on the the main card. The John Fitch Paul Daly fight kind of went the way we we don't, said it would go. The way, the way it always goes. These style matchups, Fitch is going to Fitch against, especially against Daly. It was so stupid. Like we 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 talked about it last week and bitch about it. it. Why would you make this fucking fight? It was exactly as we like this. The matchmaker should be called out now. We don't we don't call out matchmakers enough, but this was stupid. Ma- it was idiotic stuff. Like like yeah. Some people were saying to me, and I said on Twitter, "Oh, you don't appreciate the art of wrestling." 
I do appreciate art of, the art of wrestling. We did like a 25 minute podcast on GSP and how people should appreciate it more like two days ago or three days ago or whatever. This this is Paul Daly, right? This is not a guy you're building up to be a top fighter or something that you need to test. This is not like Conor McGregor fighting Chad Mendes or something like that, giving him a wrestler test. He's been tested against wrestlers before and he's failed. So is, why would is, is it bad matchmaking or is it oh, good God. matchmaking? Because oh. Paul Daly's been kind of kicking up a fuss and <laughs> to leave and stuff. So maybe they're like, oh, you want to leave here? John Fitch will send you on your way there. Yeah, but why, why are you burning? <laughs> why, why, what's the point of that? He's not going back to the UFC. Like, the UFC are not going to sign him. Like, who are you burning him for? What's the reason for burying him? Would it, would it not benefit you more to have a great fight? Yeah, well, you have John Fitch now uh, coming off wins all over him and Jake Shields and stuff, and people do know who John Fitch is. Like, they, they know the name, so... Yeah, the, do you know the worst thing about people knowing who John Fitch is? People well, know they just like him. <laughs> no, no, oh, people know who John Fitch is, yeah. You do, <laughs> like, if, if you saw a guy coming off of five wins in a row or whatever, and you go, oh, this guy might be good, but then you say, oh, it's John Fitch. Oh, oh okay. You know, and, and I like John Fitch. You know, he's, he's good at what he does. There's no, I have no problem with it, but... To put him in there against Paul, against Paul Daly, Paul Daly of all people, like, of, uh, and I said a jokingly, they'll, they'll match him up with MVP next, and they'd obviously never do that because he's their golden boy and, and stuff. But oh god, this was, I I knew it would just happen. I haven't even seen the fight, but I knew I knew it'd just be awful and going full Dana White there without Paul Daly booing his own fight mid mid fight as well. Oh, that was hilarious. I hope he was booing Rich Tower or whatever his name is, the matchmaker over there, because he he definitely. Uh, yeah, actually, well, you should probably say the fair play to Jude Samuel, uh, Bama, yeah, exactly. for matchmaking, because on paper, you, it was, people getting a lot of criticism, but then on, on the night, it was really competitive, good fight, so fair play to him. Yeah, 100%. Uh, is there anything else on that Bellator card that I missed? No, we just move on to the, to the UFC. Let's have a quick look. Czech Congo got a got a knockout uh, punch in the first round against Ayala. Uh, besides that, it, it wasn't really much on, uh, on the undercard. Before we get to the UFC, actually, what about Peter Queeley is fighting uh, this weekend as well? Uh, now that we're kind of we're talking about Irish MMA and stuff, this is a, a big fight for him as well. Coming in here, he's headlining the card over on uh, on Fight Nights Global uh, this weekend. You know, seems to be you know he, he's a guy that he he does great things, but he it's hard for him to kind of set the world alight. He doesn't get he's uh, he hasn't got a finish long time or has he ever got a finish even and he's a couple of losses as well recently there was talks of him going to the the UFC he's uh, a draw in his last fight and the last in the fight before but uh, after that great fight with Dickie Dalton there what in 2016 and a year and a half gone out at this stage but this is a big fight big spot for Peter Queeley and you know he'll be looking yeah. maybe to to make an impact here this guy, um, uh, he's fighting is really good, really good record. Twenty four wins, three losses. He's coming off a win over uh, Ivan Mastardo, uh, who who beat Joe Duffy back in the day for the Cage Warriors title. Uh, I think it was Joe Duffy's first loss. So uh, he's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup. And Creeley's always going off to these uh, to these uh, foreign shows where he's he's not gonna be getting any support from the the crowd and maybe. If it's a close decision, he's been very unlucky with a few a few of them over over his career. But that's kind of what happens when you when you when you're the kind of the foreigner coming in. So uh, fair play to Quilly for taking it. Uh, I, th I thought he won his last fight that was given a draw, I believe. I can't exactly remember the fight, but yeah, yeah, I don't seem to remember that. As well. yeah, he he should have won that, but yeah, it's you know Quilly. He's you know he, he's used to going to decisions this stage, and he's usually good at, at winning them. But that was a close one. But yeah, over there in, in Russia, you, you know. Although I think I think they bring over the, the English guys, don't they, to to judge there? So it might it mightn't be too bad. But yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a good fight anyway. And you know, he puts on a, a puts on a good yeah. display. You know, doing much yeah, His opponent is uh, is Armenian, um, but uh, I think I think they're um, 
the crowd will be more familiar with him. They, he's been he's been fighting regularly on Fight Nights Global for for uh, for a good few years now. So Queeley, like you hope he doesn't like he's had a few decisions. You hope it's if it's a close decision uh, that he deserves when he gets it because. Uh, he might have to if he do if he if he wins a decision on most people's minds and the blues and he might he might have to stop going over to these these events uh, abroad and and, fo- and fighting these guys because um you know people look at your record and they don't go oh well yeah he deserved that one he deserved that one they just look at your record and they yeah. say oh what's your record there oh you lost to this guy you lost to that guy so people don't remember that stuff so fair play to him for going for it again he's he's definitely uh, has has balls. Mm-hmm. 100%. All right, let's move on to the UFC that went down at the weekend. And this was another excellent card. Obviously, you probably saw the whole lot of it, did you? I only got the main card, but I went back and watched uh, all the rest of them. Pretty epic card, wasn't it? Yeah, I missed the first couple. Obviously, we we, we were uh, we were at um, Obama and uh, I was getting lived home with yourself and Pat. Um, but uh, and I was also I was also editing a load of Obama videos at the time, so you're kind of half eye on the on the prelims, half eye on the on what you're on what you're working on. So I wouldn't be able to able to score most of them fights, but uh, the uh, the, the main card. There's only two decisions in the whole card, so you weren't too bad. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the main card as well was was really, really, really good. Like. Yeah. What about your boy Alexi Olnik and my boy as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, another, another. <laughs> yeah, he got it standing, or he kind of half got it standing, and he locked it up uh, from the bottom again. So uh, the, the man just he just has like old man strength or something. He's just he's real tricky and unorthodox, and he yeah, he's just he, he's doing it again. He's getting neck cranks and Ezekiel chokes and all these uh, submissions that are really rare. Usually, maybe a fighter will get one or two of them in his whole career, but he has. I suppose when you have what 67 68 fights <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of different methods of victory mm-hmm. junior albini should have had his nappy on again you know he's, he's <laughs> yeah. that's what let him down that's 100 what let, <laughs> let him down i forgot about the nappy again. Yeah. <laughs> there was some other good finishes as well uh um does santos there a good spinning wheel kick Did you see that over sean strickland just yeah this wheel, kick, wheel kicking in but laying him out with a few punches on the ground looked looked very impressive. Orly Alves coming in again, getting another another uh, win there. Sultan Ali, I've actually his eye. Did you see his eye was absolutely? Oh, it was one of the worst up. I've seen. Yeah, it was, it was awful. And the sharp the cut man who stepped in and stopped it. And we will get to corner stoppages again <laughs> in, in in a couple of minutes. But um, yeah, other than that, it, it, it was a pretty good. You know, Cesar Ferreira got a, an, an arm triangle as well. Absolutely destroyed Carl Robertson, who I, I suspect isn't his real name. He's an alias. I don't know who that man is. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was there was yeah Nick Nick Hine as well. Got Davi, Davi Ramos got him on the ground with a rear naked choke. You looked a different yeah. class when it went to the ground. But yeah, Jack Manson as well got mm-hmm. a great win over Tally's Ladies. Like Tally's mm-hmm. Ladies is a tough guy. To, Especially a tough guy to finish, and he, he put him away in uh, it was a third round, uh, but ground and pound. Yeah, yeah, and you know, going over to to Brazil again against uh, the hometown guy seems to be something Jack Romanson uh, likes doing more and more. And and uh, you know, as you said, another uh, another great win for him. Then the main card, um, <laughs> Leoto Machida and Vitor Belfort. This was this was kind of maybe what we expected. Uh, Leoto didn't do much for the first round and a half, waiting for Vitor to maybe wear himself out a little bit, but. Vitor was smart and didn't wear himself out at all, so nothing happened for like the first six minutes of this fight. And then Leon Machida threw a front kick up through the middle and knocked Vitor Belfort out silly. It was beautiful the way he did it. If you if you watch like maybe 10 seconds before the actual finish, he moved to the left, and Vitor was maybe expecting him to do that again. And 
he made the same kind of jolt to move to the left, but instead of actually moving to the left, he just came straight through the center and through his right or through his uh, left leg, I believe it was, up through the middle and hit Vitor on, on the chin and on the jaw and knocked him, knocked him spark out. You know, he was, this was one of this was knockout of the year probably. Um, just absolutely beautiful stuff by Leona Machida. Yeah, he, if Machida had been doing a lot of fainting and he'd fainted the the, uh, the other front kick a couple of times and. Uh, obviously, there's something in Vitor's game that uh, that shot through the middle, like that's Anderson Silva kind of fought a very similar fight uh, to, uh, to Mach- as Machida fought against Belfort when, when he knocked him out with a front kick as well. He was very patient and um, just kind of waited for the, the opening. And poor Victor, poor Victor Gracie, poor Vitor Belfort. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just <laughs> you gotta feel for the guy. Like you think, like getting knocked out by your front kick is like a once in a career thing, no matter how many fights you have. But uh, that's two against uh, teammates or former teammates. Uh, so yeah, uh, ridiculously good knockout. Um, it, it was it was such a nice it was such a nice finish. It was such a nice front kick, and uh, it landed really hard as well. <laughs> uh, do you think Vitor? Just, is there any chance he'll retire? Uh, no, well, no, probably no. not. No, if he, if he, if he, he, he may not be in the UFC next fight, but I'd be shocked if he retired. He seems like a perfect candidate for like a, a risen light heavyweight tournament or something like that, where he goes, you know, Chuck Liddell and and uh, and Tito Ortiz are on about fighting again, and well, maybe not on about it, but like he he looks like a perfect opponent for one of the two of them guys. He can probably blow him away, you know. I'm I'm sure someone would love to sign him. I'm sure Scott Coker would love to sign him with his um, fight night testing uh, only no Usada, and I think the Vitor Belfort we would be. Uh, be very happy fighting with that, or even better over and over in Japan or somewhere like that, or, or Russia, where they can give him a lot of money and there, there's no drug testing at all. And he can go back on his his much needed TRT that he needs for his uh, his medical issues. <laughs> that you know that, that doesn't make him look like a 22 year old when he's actually 40 or whatever. So yeah, that that'd be good. But what about Leon Machida? Call out Michael Bisping and Bisping, another guy who's retired. So that'll probably happen. Um, that a good fight for you? Um, if it is going to be Bisping's last one, like he's been saying, then he he probably wants. He, I think he wants to fight in his home in his home country, uh, or well, his adopted country of, of Britain. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I I don't know if he'd want such a, t- uh, a tough matchup as Machida, but uh, I'd like to see it. But I, I I don't know if they'll do it. Yeah, I don't think Bisping would take much easier than Machida to be honest. Well, I'm not saying that it's easier or anything, but I think that's the sort of fight that he'd love. You know, I don't think he he'd like someone. You know, I don't think he'd like a Jacare or a Romero or anything like that. I think Machida is just about right, and I think that makes sense if Bisping does want to fight again. And, and that's a good fight. I'd watch that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it does happen. Uh, then John Lineker and Brian Keller put on an absolute <laughs> war of a fight. Like I, during, during this whole fight, I just thought John Lineker is just going to take a shot here and get knocked out, but it. It it turned out to be the other way around, you know, just a war. That's what you were thinking during the fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking that at all. Why? What were you thinking? I thought Lineker was about to knock him out at any moment. Well, that as well. But I thought like Brian Keller seemed to be taking Lineker's shots pretty well, and he, Lineker was just so open that I I thought he was leaving himself so open and going such for such an attacking. Uh, mindset that he was going to get knocked out, but you know he's, he's not a guy that gets knocked out. Obviously, when I was a bit tired as well, so maybe that was a, a thing to do with it. But he got that left hook um, that I thought maybe Keller was going to land, and and he he landed it on Keller and absolutely you know cut him in half. It's just this this is John Lineker all over, isn't he? He's just a madman. Yeah, he, he loves it. He loves just slugging it out like. 
it's his main it's his main go-to game plan he he he's reckless but uh it works for him like if he it's kind of the charm of him like if he if he started if he changed and started like wrestling and stuff it, uh, i think people would be very disappointed uh he's kind of he's he's just one of these guys that you know what you're going to get and that's what makes people excited before his fights and he delivers he delivers most of the time he definitely delivered last night or the night before mm -hmm. yeah 100% yeah I'd love to see him fighting Cody Garbrandt next I think a few more people were saying it as well on Twitter um, yeah I think that was meant to happen before or mm -hmm. at some stage yeah. but uh, make, make it happen again that'd be it that'd be a great fight and then at a 123 pound catch weight um, my, my, my girl Mackenzie Dern came in and absolutely destroyed amanda cooper with a with a right hand and then submitted her with one of maybe the most tightly gripped chokes we've ever seen in mma just took the life out of her with, with that choke and won but obviously as, as i mentioned came in at 120 yeah. 23 pounds and uh, you know that's not a good look uh, we've talked about weight cutting so many times before did, to, to you did this just kind of have a sour taste after it yeah it should have been like the best. It was probably the best performance of of Dern's career, and mm. I think I think when she missed, she missed weight a couple of times before, but it wasn't in the UFC, and people kind of gave her a pass and were still rooting for her. But it seemed like the tide had turned. The people were not happy with over seven pounds missing uh, the fans and other other people, and I think people were 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 getting behind uh, Amanda Amanda Cooper. But fair play to Mackenzie Dern; she got the job done in the in the cage. But it's definitely uh, definitely a very tainted uh, victory, and in a lot of people's eyes, I think. Yeah, I, I think the thing about McKinsey Darren, more so than her missing weight and stuff, is, is her maybe not being the most professional person in the world. And you know, I don't like to say that about people, but you know, coming in like this, missing weight, we've, we, you know, we've missing your flight, about, missing weight. Missing, or... Yeah, missing your flight, having been kind of thrown out of your, of your gym by your team. A lot of reports coming out saying that as well. And John Crouch is a guy who seems to be, you know, everyone that talks about him talks about how such a great guy and how he helps him and everything you know i've seen vincent henderson wax lyrical about him before and lauren murphy and all and for him to maybe throw you out or to have a difference of opinion with you i don't think that's the best sign in the world for you to be honest and you know maybe when when she's with you know i think she's with black house now and stuff maybe with kind of other brazilians and stuff if she goes back over to, to brazil and, and trains there as well i know she's american as well but maybe that's that'll be a benefit for her and you know maybe this will be a kick up the arse that she needs or uh, to, to you know to to move on and and become more professional you know i i think she should move up the flyweight and win a few fights there before she talks about coming down again this was this was pretty egregious like to come in this much uh overweight and you know you feel sorry for amanda cooper i know she got you know an extra 30 percent or whatever it was on, on top of her her wage as well but you know what, what did you think did you see dominic cruz coming out and said that she did it on purpose that so that she'd have more of um more of a wrestling advantage here and that she'd be able to get the win hand here I don't know about doing it on purpose. I think she struggles with her weight just in her in her MMA career in general. I think that's the third or fourth time she's missed weight already. So I, I, maybe it is a tactic, but I I don't think I don't think it is. I think I think she just isn't she just isn't strict and or she isn't um, she isn't taking it seriously enough. She isn't putting enough effort in. Maybe that's why uh, Crouch um, and, and she left the team. Like um, it's hard to know, but. But I just, I just don't think she, she's putting the effort in. Maybe she's, it's, it's, a, it's a bit too easy for her so far. Maybe she thinks she's going, oh, let's get, let's get them down and get the, get the submission. And she doesn't, she doesn't put the, the six or eight week campaign properly, like, like other fighters. Yeah, she's the sort of one that the loss might be the best thing to happen during her career. You know, it might be, 
it might be the kick that has him in the, that that she needs. But yeah, I, I think she's kind of maybe still living that kind of jujitsu lifestyle where she's just hanging around and training, you know, forty five minutes a day, and that's all you need, you know, for that hugging stuff. But when you're fighting real fights in MMA, you know, you need a lot more than that. Forty five minutes a day. <laughs> Sure, that's that's plenty. Well, how much would they be training? Or how much can you can you roll around with someone in in a, you know, <laughs> get get sweaty and go out and talk about it, smoke weed, and talk about it for the rest of the day and put up pictures on Instagram? Like, so that's that's basically what you just do, is it? No, <laughs> did you <do> lifestyle? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going around, going around, putting your your thumb and your little finger up and kind of waving it around, taking pictures. Do you do you reckon every gym? Has like a professional photographer just hanging around to take pictures, of lads doing jujitsu and stuff. Seems yeah, like it. Seems so. <laughs> seems so. But yeah, <laughs> people are gonna be so mad. But fuck it, it's only a bit of crack. Uh, all right, let's move on to the the top uh, two fights. Kelvin Gastelum versus uh, Jacare Souza was a was a pretty good fight. Obviously, Jacare dominated uh, the first round. Looked like he was going to get the finish. Didn't end up getting it in the end. Uh, Could have been a ten eight. It was close, but I I didn't give it. The second round in was all Gastelum. Another round that was kind of close to ten eight as well. Uh, you know, fifty fifty on that. And then the third was was fifty fifty again. It was it was pretty close. It was one of those fights. You know, could have gone either way. I thought Gastelum did win it. Um, Good, good fight overall. It was a lot different than I thought it would be. You know, I thought Gaslam would be maybe a little bit more tentative, and Jack Ray would be able to to throw at, at a good clip to keep him on the outside and keep him hurt. Throwing, you know, the, whether it be shots to, to go for takedowns or shots with his hands and feet. But he was different. He was he was more urgent, um, coming coming forward harder, pushing him, trying to push him up the fence, landing more shots to maybe try to take Gaslam out of his game and work around for the first round. But then he seemed to get tired and Gaslam, I think Gaslam didn't have a great first round, even apart from Jack Ray doing good things uh, himself. But then he came out in the second round, looked like he wanted to get the forward momentum and took it uh, and kind of took Jack Ray out of his game. And then they both kind of got tired in the third round. But it was, it was, it was a good fight, but a messy fight. And I don't think the best fight of either guy's uh, guy's career. How, how did you see it? How did you score it? And how, what do you think of the fight? Yeah, I thought Jack Ray clearly won the first. And I thought uh, Gaslam won the, the next two. Uh, the third round was like, Jack Ray was very tired from the second round on. And um, the third round, you thought maybe Gaslam was was, was going to take over. Uh, and he, I thought he won it. But Jack, Jack Ray, even though he was really tired, was still landing. And it was still very close. And... The, crowd, the Brazilian crowd were obviously popping for for what Jacare did and not popping for what Gaslam did. So I thought when before decision was was read that it might, it might go the other way and it, it ended up being a split decision. But I think the the judges got it right overall. Yeah, hundred percent. Kelvin Gaslam now there's talks of him could be the next one for a UFC title shot. Obviously Chris Whiteman I believe is still out injured. He got a he got a pretty nasty uh, hand injury I believe or arm injury or something like that, and he's going to be out for another while. Uh, Robert Whitaker and Yoel Romero fight for the second time here coming up in a couple of weeks. Do you think he's in pole position out to to get the title shot with you know obviously Jack Regis lost him Chris Whiteman out injured you know the there thereabouts as well but still a bit far a bit further back. Um, you know Bisping. Is, is not going to be fighting for title anytime soon. Luke Rockhold's moving up to, to light everywhere by all accounts, and he lost to uh, Yoel in his last fight as well. Do you think he he could be the guy? Yeah, looking at the looking at the rankings, I think yeah that that he does make the most sense for Gaslam, um, for Gaslam to be next. But uh, you never know. Like, uh, Wonderboy should yeah. move up. Like that that's yeah. what should happen. Yeah, well, Wonder Wonderboy now against Darren Till. Uh, coming up shortly. Um, if he wins that, like he's he's kind of Wonder Boy's kind of just where where he is already. Um, he's kind of just stuck in that limbo of having fought the the champion twice, and 
really close loss or really close loss and a draw. So it's a tough situation. Maybe like he's already beaten Whitaker. He knocked Whitaker out at welterweight, who's the champion up 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 the weight. So yeah, I think I think I'd like to see Wonderboy up there. Um you should call him out. If you if he beats Till, get on the mic and call out Robert Whitaker. That'd be the yeah. perfect time to do it. Thompson Rizzi isn't really the call out kind of guy though, no, is he? He isn't, no, yeah, that that's the one issue with it, but Wonderboy. <laughs> Hopefully they'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I'd say Gassimo will, will be next. Uh, then the main event, which was not a great fight, but a pretty a pretty eventful fight. It went kind of the exact the exact way we may, we maybe thought. Apart from the last the last couple of rounds, you know, Nunes came in. It was all her in the first round. She was just too quick, uh, which we'll get to more in a second. And in the second, Nunes was a little bit slower. And Roxanne got a, got a late down, takedown. That was a, a close enough round. But that takedown. And a takedown from Nunes early in the third were kind of the elixir, or that's the wrong word, but whatever for for Nunes <laughs> Nunes to get her 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 win back a little bit, and you know that kind of with the with the minute between rounds and maybe the the two minutes either side of the round as well to to get the cardio back a, a little bit. I think that little bit of a rest helped her, and she went down to to win that third. She got a, landed a solid right uh, later on uh, in in the fourth inch. She landed a lot of a lot of punches early. She got a, a, a trip and, and a big knee as well, which which burst Roxanne's um, nose up uh, at the end of that round. That, 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 that yeah. Oh, Roxy, Roxanne, yeah, she called herself Roxy anyway. So there you go, Raquel. Uh, and at the end of that round, in which we'll get to in a second, she she told her corner she was done, and and they they sent her back in. Uh, and in the fifteen, there was there was some good exchanges early. You know, Roxanne or Roxanne again. Roxy kind of went for it. It's Ro- Rocky and, uh, or Rocky. She is her nickname. Rocky, her name. I don't. Know. <laughs> People call her Roxy. Whatever her name is. They call her Rocky. Rocky, like the the fake boxer. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, but not Nunes got a takedown. Then anyway, bust her nose open. There was blood all over the place, and and she curled up took her back and, and and she stopped her in in a in a nasty finish before before we get to the, the whole corner thing and, and the stoppage yeah. itself what, what did you it was just kind of a a damp squib of a fight really with one one side just absolutely dominating the fight yeah she was just outclassed she was, wasn't um Malinus was better everywhere i think we were saying that kind of before the fight that Raquel Pennington's when your best opportunity is is Amanda Nunes gassing out and getting something late when when she's gassed out it's not really much of a much of a merit to victory and uh, Amanda Nunes uh, her tank looks better uh, than than it has in the past and she maybe she's more pacing herself in a, in a five round fight but uh, yeah it was a very very dominant performance from Nunes and. Uh, the, the the corner thing like yeah we get to that in a second we get that in a second well, I, I thought for Nunes. That or for Pennington, it was it was just impossible for her to do anything, and and you know we we talk about the corner, her her kind of saying that she 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 didn't want to go on. It looked like that way from about a minute in, to be honest, because she realized that when you when your game, and I talked about it last week, how she's basically a counter fighter, and when your game is to counter, but the person you're fighting is throwing so many fans, and everything they land is quicker than you, and they're they're leading. But they're also countering everything you do and moving out the second day lead. And you, you're you so much slower than them and less athletic than them. Don't have an advantage in wrestling or in striking or in anything. 
there's just nothing you can do. Like there was no way she could win this fight from the first minute on. There was there was just nothing. You know, she got that takedown in the second, but never really looked like doing anything from there. You know, she doesn't have an, an unbelievable top game or anything. You know, her striking is what's good, but Nunes is, is just so much better. You know, and it I think it shows as well how how much better Nunes is than most of the fighters in this division. Now, Pennington is a good fighter, and she she beat a lot of the other people in that division. But Nunes, you know, she's just so fast, so crisp. As you mentioned there, uh, her cardio is improving, and it's because of her ability to fight over five rounds. Now, you know, that that takedown, I think it was in the third, you know, Pennington getting the takedowns on her, kind of holding the pin, her into the in, into the takedown and, and resting when she was taken down at the end of the second. It, you know, that was really what what made her win the fight so easily in the end. And, and we were talking about maybe Pennington was trying to take it late, and I think that kind of was the idea. But Nunes did did a good job of, of pacing herself and and uh, and staying and staying late. But let, let's talk about the, the whole the whole corner stoppage. If anyone didn't didn't see it um, at the end of the fourth round, uh, Raquel sat in her corner. She did her corner gave her her instructions. Um, with kind of the, the 10 second clapper to stand back up she she stood off her stool turned around and turned her people outside the cage said I'm done I want to be done to them um, and her corners basically told her she needs to change her mindset and go out and you know throw everything at it uh, which a lot of people you know took us very bad when a fighter says they're done they're done and should be uh, should be pulled out uh, what's what's your whole take on it? a lot of people have been this is really has divided people 50-50 and something which I think it, it, I think it has, yeah. Which, which is, I think it's a good discussion. I, I think it's, it's interesting. But how, how did you see it? Yeah, I thought uh, when you're four rounds down and you're just getting dominated in the fight, and you've eaten what, like a hundred and hundred odd punches, um, and the tide's just completely against you, and you, you go to your corner. I don't want to continue. I'm done. Take me out of there. And they're just like, no, you're not. You're going back out there. It's just, it's a bad look in my opinion. Um, be protecting your fighter for another day like uh was the chances of her winning that that fight in the in the final final round was, was were minuscule in my opinion so yeah i i thought it was a it was really bad from the corner yeah look i i this is this is one of those things where i think you have to not take your initial reaction and step back from it a bit and look at kind of all sides of it and then decide what the, the right thing to do is look for me I think there's two questions which need to be asked in this situation. Are you physically able to carry on and have you a chance of winning that fight? Is there any chance you can win that fight, whether it be on the scorecards, uh, a punch, a submission or anything like that? And if either of the answers to the two of them questions is no, this should be pulled out, right? And then you add in your fighter as well, saying that they should be pulled out. And, and you know, if the answer to either of those two things is no, and that happens, obviously, it's a no-brainer. But if you just take that thing, if you ignore the first two things and take the, her saying that by herself, you know, if a fighter says that and your their corner is there to not just give them advice, but it's there to look at it from the outside perspective to see where their fighter is, to see if they can do more. And, you know, maybe someone in the same situation went in and said i'm done i can't do anymore and then they're looking for maybe motivation for their corner to say come on you can do this you can come out and win you know you you have a big submission if it, let's say if it's jackery and he's four rounds down you could say get this guy down put him against defense take him down and get the submission you know something like that if he was to say that in the same situation or you know if mckinsey dern was to say it in the same situation or, or you know some some big hitter you know whoever in, in the same situation was it was to say it. 
so so there is that i can see it from that point of view that maybe her saying that isn't a whole justification for taking someone out but my the, the two points that i think right is she physically able to carry on at that point was she physically able to carry on yeah i think she was i think she was definitely physically able to carry on i don't think she was absolutely spent or anything like that i don't think she'd taken enough damage i don't think anyone at the end of that round before that happened was calling for her to be pulled out so i don't think it was but then the other question is did she have an, any chance of winning that fight no she didn't like she had taken enough damage she had given her all she had said she didn't want any more and she had no chance to win so i think she should have been taken out so like you can you can say everything you want you you know there's a lot of variables there to be you know to be thought about and there's reasons for not pulling out the reasons for pulling her up but if you put all those things together i think she had no chance of winning the fight I think she'd done enough. She'd given everything. She tried everything she can do. You know, she this she doesn't have that Jack or Aaron McKinsey Dern skill to go in there and get a, get her down to the ground and, and and submit her. She doesn't have a Conor McGregor or a Junior Dos Santos or wh- whoever you want to talk about big knockout punch that's going to you know take her you know take her into deep water and knock her out, land that big shot. She didn't have the rounds in the bank to get the decision. Why are you why are you keeping in there? You're literally keeping her in there to get more damage, to, to get finished like she was. There, there's n- there's no possible way after your fighter says I'm done when they have no chance of winning in the fifth round that you should send them back out. Uh, that's that's really my thoughts on it. And you know whether she's looking for motivation and all at that stage, if she is looking for motivation at that stage, I think it's already too late because she's no, she still has no hope of winning it, winning the fight. So even from, you know, from that, in that situation, in a different situation, I can understand it, but in that situation itself, her looking for motivation there is kind of useless because there's no motivation in the world, you know, that, that can get her to win, uh, to win that fight. But it, 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 it didn't look like the best thing in the world, did it for, you know, for the corner to, to send her back in after that was kind of on live TV. Yeah, especially when she just went on to get to get finished straight after. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, I, I think. I think when when the fighters four rounds in the hole and once out of the fight, I think they 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 weren't saying, "Oh, you just need to you just need to get to do this and you're gonna win." As you say, no more no amount of motivation or pep quick pep talk is gonna is gonna turn that fight around. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so yeah, overall it was a it was a pretty good card. Um, oh, it was on on paper coming in, well, maybe it wasn't the best in the world. I thought it was there was some good fights on it, and it, and it turned out to be uh to be pretty good. All right, let's let's move on to next week and another card that isn't really great. Uh, on on paper, there's you know a few good fights on the undercard. We have uh the one that sticks out to me here is Brandon Moreno versus Alexandra uh, Pantoja, who obviously we'd know best for fighting uh. Neil Siri, but apart from that, you know, Alexa Grasso versus Tatiana Suarez would be a good fight as well. I like that. Jared Cannonier's come back in here against Dominic uh, Reyes, and Andrea Lee is making, I believe, it was her UFC debut, isn't it? She, she was, she was taken out because she had to go through the drug testing, didn't she? Yeah. So yeah, that's it. She was uh, in Invicta and, and uh, in uh, Legacy as well, and they put on a lot of uh, a lot of good um, good outings over there. But this this is really a a pretty barren card, isn't it? Yeah, like the co-main event is is a good fight. Like Alexa Alexa Grasso and uh, Tatina Suarez, like they're two prospects. But for a co-main event, mm, yeah, maybe maybe the co-main the event is... on the undercard, maybe. Say again. It'd be maybe a co-main event on the undercard would be where that fight would probably be best placed. Yeah, no, look, there's a couple of decent scraps on the card, but nothing that's exciting. Yeah, uh, maybe by the main event. So 
Well, there's, there's a couple. There's a couple, but there's just so many. If you, if you're trying to convince a casual fan to watch this, your listing names, they're not going to have heard of of anybody on this card, bar maybe Maya and maybe Usman. Paulina Botello versus Suri Kondo. I've never heard of either of those two. <laughs> never heard of them. Claudia Puelles versus Philippe Silva. No, never heard of either of them. But Henry Brunez versus he he, he he's not Wikipedia page slightly rings a bell. Henry Brunez versus Frankie Sainz that that'd be a probably a good enough fight as well. So that's that's pretty good. But uh, what about the main event? Let's talk about that. Damian Maya against Camaro Usman. Obviously, uh, Usman was meant to fight. Who's meant to fight in this card? Um, <laughs> let me look. I'm looking. Oh, Ponzinibbio. Yeah, and Ponzinibbio had to pull out. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. With, with an injury, but this. Maybe it's not a better fight, but it's it's a good opportunity, isn't it, for Cameron Usman to push 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 himself on to get to uh, to title contention. Yeah, it's a big step up for him, but I don't think Maya is quite what he what he was. He's he's what forty forty one now. Um, Usman's coming on coming off a win over uh, Meek <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Meek. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so it's definitely a step up. Um, for Usman, um, but I think he's going to be successful in, in the step up. I think, I think the style. I think he'll be able to to avoid uh, Maya's takedowns early, and uh, I just, I, I, I think, I think Usman's going to get the job done, maybe by late TKO, or maybe more likely a decision with Demi Maya being gassed out for a couple of rounds at the end. Yeah, I think the most interesting thing in this is whether Usman will go for a few takedowns. I think he'll probably be working on his hands an awful lot in camp, and obviously that work is done now. But yeah, I think if I don't think Maya is going to be able to take him down that that often, and if he does, maybe if he does, you know, he, he obviously has a great chance. I wouldn't rule Maya out of this fight at all because Usman still is pretty green. So that's that is. But but I do think um, Usman will be fast and smart enough to to stay on. Stay away from Maya's grasps and use uh, use this as an opportunity to show off his hands. You know, Maya is not a great striker at all, and uh, you know Usman is is not a great striker, either, but he's a good striker compared to compared to Maya. He's a great striker, I suppose. But I, I'm interested to see if he will go for a few takedowns, maybe take him down, maybe show his ground game uh, against them. Maybe Maya show how good it actually is. But that's that's a dangerous game to be playing as well. But I think that is a, an interesting thing to come in here. Um, you know, if Maya can, as I mentioned, if he can get that one takedown. He has a, a big chance of winning this fight. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's going to be hard. And I think most more than likely here is going to be Usman winning this fight on the feet, whether that's by decision or, or uh, inside the distance. I, I think that's, if you're betting on this fight, I think that's a good thing to look at. You know, Usman by TKO or something like that, when he's a guy who's doing a lot of wrestling, maybe you might get, and against a guy like Damian May, who's an unbelievably good record, you might get a, a good price on that. So that'd be one that's... Uh, that's interesting to look at. I think it's going to be his first five round fight, so maybe he'll pace himself a little a little differently than he has in three round fights. But uh, I think, yeah, I think his his grappling, his wrestling will be will be enough to to stunt Damian Maya's uh, grapp- grappling as long as uh, Maya doesn't get a, an early first round takedown. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. All right, let's before we move to the questions here. Let's. I have a few topics in our our group here. Let's run through them in like thirty seconds each. US UFC ESPN deal. Right, this we don't know what it's going to mean for us yet. I emailed the UFC obviously and got no no reply back, which we never really do. Um, 
likely it's probably going to stay the same until the BT Sport deal expires and then there could be change. What that is, we don't know yet. Is Sky going to come in or BT going to renew it? Uh, it's, it's tough to know. But for us, it doesn't really make a difference for... You know, for the US, they're obviously going to have to sign up for a new, a new deal, five ninety nine a month with the FCA, ESPN Plus, getting fourteen fights or is fourteen fights, I believe it is, yeah, uh, a year. So they're they're probably going to take you know some of the the Fox Sports One cards uh, and some of the the Fight Pass cards. There's going to be some Fight Pass cards already. Um, uh, uh, on five batches as well, I think four or five in the year, and then there's going to be in the other batch of of uh, content as well, which we don't know is going to go to ESPN or Fox Sports. A lot of people are talking about Fox Sports, so there's probably going to be another what fifteen fights or so, and then the in the pay per views after that as well. But not n- doesn't really mean m- much for us yet, does it, Graham? No, I don't think so. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's unclear what 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 what's going to happen with the the UK and Irish side of things, but. Uh... I think um, Dana White's kind of been flirting with ESPN for for a long time. He's given them exclusives, um, interviews, and breaking news and stuff. So I think this is the the deal that the UC wanted. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think ESPN are, are a much more established kind of sports network than than Fox Sports obviously are. So uh, I think it's a good move. We'll be yet, yet to see. Obviously, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, if if what people are saying. Is, is 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 true then i think i think it's a it's a better deal for the ufc or for the the ufc yeah i think uh being the sports center is a bit sports center on espn is a big uh a big program and they'll get more more shine on that with with them being on on the the same network so i think that's gonna uh favor the ufc as well yeah 100 uh and yeah yeah rodriguez will be you know if, if you're listening to this you haven't heard our podcast over on patreon it's actually up for free for everyone so head on over there patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast and uh you can hear our full discussion we did about 15 20 minutes on yeah rodriguez so, so check that out over there and before we get the last thing here before we get to the questions 50 cent in bellator <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> have you been keeping up with this this is just this is like the clearest <laughs> the clearest publicity stunt ever like that guy is not he's not gonna fight rampage jackson not gonna fight chelsea he's not gonna fight why would a multi-millionaire fight in bellator or anything like that like this is not Aaron Jammers, is it? Aaron Jammers is a guy who kind of trained MMA and knows, kind of knows what he's doing. Not, you know, not getting the best matchups in the world or whatever, or getting the best matchups in the world. But Fifty Cent is not going to come in here and fight, is he? Yeah, I haven't been paying too much attention to, uh, to it until there's something, some semi-concrete or somebody mm-hmm. who's who's known for for being right uh, comes out and says it. I'm, I'm like me, very, is it? Very skeptical. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I'm skeptical as well. All right, let's move on to uh, some of the uh, questions here from Patreon first. And uh, the first one's actually Conor McGrath sent it in on email. He says, "Does Keen Coley in these chances of getting to the UFC by ending up in court with McGregor, assuming he turns his record around and gets to a position where he deserves to be in the UFC, does his actions ruin his chances?" Love the podcast. Keep it up, lads. Uh, by the time that would come around, I don't think so. I think you know, it, I, I think it'll it'll probably blow over. You know, and you know, people. You know, they're obviously concentrating on McGregor and Keen Gowley's kind of a forgotten man in all of this. And I think if you know five years down the line, if he was to get to you know ten wins or whatever, and UFC came calling, I uh, you know people would bring it up, but I don't think it would. I don't think it's something that's going to harm him in in future. To be honest, you know Charlie Ward look already has a fight with with Bellator lined up, uh, and you know people people quickly move on from these things, don't they? 
Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, as you say, it's it, it, Keane's like not on the verge of the UC at the moment, so it'll be years down the line if he was to, and I, I think that'll be long blown over. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Andy Stevenson on Patreon as well asked, Darren Till battering his sparring partner. Maybe I just don't understand hard sparring, but it seems like a terrible idea in many ways. What, what do you think of this one? You're obviously a, a, you know, a guy that's been behind the scenes with a lot of McGregor's sparring and in SPG and stuff and seeing Paulie and Malinaji get the head bed off him. But what, <laughs> what did you think of this uh, this whole Wonderboy, or Wonderboy, Darren Till thing where he's he's bent the head basically off of his, his sparring partner. And then actually, the weirdest thing about this was people were giving out about him beating the head off his sparring partner. And then he posts another video of him getting his head beat off, just completely and utterly missing the point of like, people weren't giving out about you hitting the guy. People were giving out about having kind of this, this idiotic um, sparring kind of, you know, taking the heads off each other with no, with no, uh, with no headgear or anything on. And then he posts another one doing the exact same thing, which is, I thought was a little bit tone deaf, but what did you think of it? Yeah, I think it's just the old school way. That was the old school way, and like shoot a box and all them are notorious or were notorious for their for Dixie hard sparring in the past. And it takes a it takes a while to uh, to adapt for everybody to adapt to kind of because there's no there's no like accepted best practice. Like people have different opinions about what's the best way to do it. So um i personally think that the the it's definitely you don't want to be sparring that much you're going to end up paying for it in, in the future you're going to be shop worn you're going to you're, you're going to be your chin's not going to hold up as long but um yeah i i i don't think it's a good idea and i think he, yeah as you said he kind of missed the point of what people were saying by putting up that other one but um i think th this this kind of stuff goes on more than people think still Mm -hmm. yeah i agree all right johnny burned in uh his ball predictions for the week we have to say if it's a slight chance or no chance so vitor belfort actually retires um slight chance but yeah. very slight <laughs> i'd say a slight chance as well uh either fabian edwards or kiefer crosby gets called to be stepping as replacement for ufc fight in 2018 um, I think Fabian's probably going to be ooh, six months, six months left in the year. Um, broken hand. I don't think. Uh, I think there's a slight chance, but very, very little. Very little. Yeah, yeah, it'd be the same. Uh, the UFC will let Invicta hold the tournament to find a challenger for one of their women's belts. Hmm. For the belt, um, no, I don't think no, chance, no, no, no chance. I'd say, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the Joe Rogan retires some commentary before Conor McGregor fights next. Hmm, yeah, I'd say there's a slight chance of that. He, he's kind of going year by year, isn't he? So, you know, McGregor doing the same thing or two years by two years, McGregor <laughs> maybe, but yeah, yeah I think, I think there's a, a very slight chance, but I think Rogan will, will probably stick around a little longer. Yeah, Leona Machida moves to light heavyweight and fights for the title before his career ends. No chance, I'd say. No chance. Yeah. Sean spends more than 48 hours in Dublin. Absolutely no chance ever of that happening. I don't no know when the last chance. time... I don't know if I ever spent 48 hours in Dublin. Maybe UFC Dublin. Maybe UFC Dublin that time. I think that's like the only time in my life I ever spent 48 hours in Dublin. Sure, you're having the time of your life up here. The big smoke. Yeah, it was, it was it was actually good crack in fairness. I don't think about it. Uh, Sean Dini with no clear 135 on 145B5 pound contender. Does Cyborg versus Nunes make more sense now? It sure does. Although Holly Holm is fighting Megan Anderson to to see who fights Cyborg next, but I'm sure that can wait. Like, I, I think Nunes versus Cyborg's fight to make. What do you think? Yeah, people think people wanted that fight to be made before this Pennington fight. Um, there was talk of it as well. I think I think Dana had mentioned it at one stage, but uh, make it international fight week now. Nunes didn't take any damage. She can come back in. You know, Cyborg bit bit the shit out of some random fighter in her last fight. 
Get him back in there. Come on, let's do it. Let's have some fun, Jack. <laughs> uh, Keen Keating asked about Nathaniel Wood, but he didn't really said later that it's actually another couple of weeks, so we'll, we'll answer that in a couple of weeks' time. Remind us again. Damien Mullally, Darren missing weight by such a significant amount. Uh, hamper her winning at UFC 2-4. to four. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think she even made the effort? Seven pounds is ridiculous. Yeah, well, well, this was an interesting... Like, did she make the effort, or did she... Did she Not that the medics, I think it was her actually on Instagram. The medics told her to stop cutting. Yeah, it didn't look like she she looked she didn't look in in fight shape. Uh, I don't think she no. put in put the proper effort to required to to make make the weight class. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damian Lally again asks, and, and a couple of people asked about this. Well, Pennington's corner, what can be done so things like this don't happen moving forward? I don't think there's much that can be done to be honest, apart from you know the referee and the cutman and stuff like that, maybe stepping in and doing it. But she she wasn't in a position where that fight should have been stopped. Like I don't think anyone was calling for after the end of the fourth round for that fight to be stopped. So is, is there? Can you think of anything that that could be done in that situation? Um, no, not off the top of my head. Um, no, yeah, you've gone very quiet. What's wrong with you? You fucking Sorry, I, was, getting... I, was, I was kind of half reading an email there as well. As uh, what you're talking, <laughs> Fuck's sake. I'll answer the next couple of questions. So I'll read away your email. Uh, was Nunes brilliant against the top level fighter from Owen Heffernan, or did her game look a bit one dimensional against a clearly inferior opponent? Seeing to spin four rounds, trying the same one or twos and low kicks. Um, I just think she found a way that she could easily win the fight and took it. To be honest, I thought I thought it was a, a really easy matchup for her, uh, and she just stayed in third gear kind of for the whole fight. And you know, I've I've no problem with that. You know, if you found find a way to win the fight. And and you can win it as easily as that. That's that should be the the whole point of MMA. You win that fight as easily as you can possibly win it. And I think she did that. Um, and and you know, hundred percent fair play to her. I don't think there was anything uh, wrong with that. And he also asks, is UFC Chile the worst uh, card they put on two thousand eighteen? I can't think of one worse than it. Can you? I think it. Um, yeah. I can't really think. Not not one that comes to mind. But there's there's been a couple of. I'm sure there's been a couple of. Uh, cards that, that are, look really bad on paper as well but you know like kind of like with bama 34 people are saying it look really bad on paper it could end up being a really really good card in practice yeah that's true that's true all right let's move over to twitter uh at severe my pod send in your questions sign up patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast i'll be doing another podcast probably to what day are we today it'll probably be out uh tuesday or wednesday uh with some of, more of these questions that we don't get to today on it uh, and i usually do around 15 20 minutes so look forward to that mr podge friend of the podcast at one mr podge give him a follow what level of fights do you expect to be on EFC, UFC, ESPN Plus even? Will fans sign up for another streaming service? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I don't think there'll be the top-level fights. You might get a, a good fight early just to to sign it in, kind of. But I, you know, people I, people are going to sign up for it. But I think there's you know there's so many streaming services and stuff these days that it's going to be hard. And illegal streaming services is going to be hard for people. It's not going to be hard for people even to get uh, a link to watch these fights. Uh, you know, when you're already playing for Fight Pass, uh, it's it's going to be tough. But maybe people will just cancel Fight Pass and sign up for this. You know, someone like me kind of needs Fight Pass to to go back and watch fights. You know, people like Rebecca Hitman and the lads who want to watch. You know, if you want to watch Cage Warriors even and stuff like that, uh, and and Alaskan Fight League or whatever they are on that, you you still have to have Fight Pass. So, you know, I don't think the fights will be great, and uh, you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna be fifty fifty. I think on on people uh, signing up. Uh, Mr. Podge as well asks, obviously GSP versus Nate in an attempt to bring in casuals, but given the state of the UFC these days, are many of them likely to stick around following week? If if not, is it worth it? Yeah. I, 
look, I don't think they are going to stick around, but it's worth it because it's worth it for one night. You know, the UFC put on weekly events, but they also put on these big tint pole events to take a, I think from Scott Coker. And I think they're happy enough to do that, to get in and, and get those, um, get those big name, big name fights. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, Big big events. Farrell Connolly from the podcast. So I met up in Dublin. Farrell Grant man, he was at, at Bama. We well, are Rodriguez being a free agent. Is it possible uh, he moved to Bellator? Who would you fancy him in a matchup between him and James Gallagher? What do you think of that one? Say, say it again. He broke up a little bit there. James Gallagher or Yair Rodriguez? Who wins? Ooh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I'm still not. Is Yair definitely going to be gone from the UFC? I know uh, yeah, he's gone. I don't know, but like, is there any way they can just work that out? Like, uh, no, I'd say he's gone. Yeah, I think he probably is. Like I was, I was kind of, I was kind of expecting, not expecting, but kind of half thinking he was gonna be, it was gonna be get sorted out. But it looks like he is gone. I think maybe the Gallagher fight. Yeah, it's, it's if it, I don't think the Belter would even put that together if 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 they had yeah. both of the roster. They're trying to build James into into this uh, main events guy and main event star. So I think they'd want to they'd want to build Yair Rodriguez as well. So uh, maybe. Uh, there's a, there's a few fights already that James is kind of the McKee fight that people have been waiting for and other fights. And I think Yair could also fight. He's not a small guy. He could also fight a lightweight. And um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Chandler, but you, the Bellator have like one of their best divisions is, is 155. So uh, there's a lot of fights for, for, for Yair Rodriguez in Bellator and even in, in other promotions. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens with him. But uh, I haven't heard of, of where, like has there been much speculation about where he's gonna go, or is it too no, early? No, not really. He's on the MMA hour this evening, so uh, you know. After you listen to this, tune into that and, and see. So hopefully he'll he'll say it there. Uh, Mister Podge, and this is an interesting question. He quoted a tweet from uh, our boy Matt Rott about um, WME, IMG, and the UFC did the alphabet as as Joel, what's his name, Supernal <laughs> says over on Shane Sonnen's podcast uh, about team. alphabet thing. Uh, Amanda Nunes and Raquel Pennington obviously I think was the first f- title fight between two openly gay fighters in the UFC and it, it basically got no um, no promotion for that although John Nenick I believe did say it on the podcast uh, Mr. Podge asks has anything changed with WME IMG since they're Endeavor now actually Endeavor let's go with that since they took over I have my take on this is it hasn't nothing has changed yet and they haven't done a great job but that surely something is coming you know it's what is it still it's not even is it a year or is it a year and a half whatever it is since they since they took over i think that big of a takeover it takes time for these things to change and if they are instituting these these big changes in promotion and stuff like that i think it's going to take more than you know 10 pay-per-views or whatever it is maybe they're going to bring it in like they did remember that mcgregor uh mendez one where they you know they did the walk-ins and stuff they changed the graphics so i think when things change maybe they'll all come at once so that's my hope but maybe not it, this was seemed like a good opportunity didn't it to, to maybe with the lgbt community to to promote something like that and they didn't really do it at all did they yeah they didn't um there wasn't well there was a little bit of mention of it as you said but there wasn't there wasn't a big thing um but like treating everybody just the same is, is kind of just i'm not I have no problem with that i don't think you have to make a big deal about this i think just 
Yeah, but it's a good promotion, I think, to do it. Even like with Demetrius Johnson as well. You, they did a little bit of him, like promote him to to the gaming community. Like you know, he's he's a big gamer now. He's a big following on Twitch and stuff. Why, why would you not do that? That's a huge community. Like, and I'm sure you know Ellen and, and stuff like that. Like that would love to have her on. You know, big big fan of the LGBT community. LGBT community. They could they could, you know, she could have board of honor. You know, talk about it or whatever. I'm sure you know if they had promoted it that way with you know with their ties. WMIMG fucking run Hollywood. Like I'm sure they could have gotten them on somewhere and promoted like that you know people you know people love that sort of stuff you know hot hot topic you know, hot button topics at the moment over over in america and stuff like that and you know, that seems it just seems like an opportunity missed to be honest you know then i, I know everyone inclusive and, everything, and i agree with that but this is fight promotion and what you look for is people being different and things being different and things being unique and this was unique the first time it had ever happened uh, you know that that uh two gay fighters were, were taking each other on in in a title fight and you know that uh, yeah. you know I, I really think they missed maybe, them, maybe they might have thought that some people are still in, in against that kind of thing <sighs> and it might put them off no i don't think so i don't think so it's no. strange that they didn't do it, but i agree but yeah it's uh they mentioned it a little bit as well so they weren't they weren't hiding the fact but they weren't yeah. on it so yeah i think i think it probably would have been a uh a, go, a good angle yeah. to take. and i think people expected i think um people expected that to be the the kind of promotional angle they took I think the fact, the fact as well that this fight card was actually on in Brazil might have been a big issue with it as well, because maybe getting him on them shows and stuff as well on the week of the fight would have been would have been tough. And you know the media, obviously there isn't the level of media over in Brazil that that would be at if card was on in Los Angeles or New York or whatever. And you know obviously Brazilian media do a great job, but you know even if it's on in Ireland as well, the same level of media isn't going to be there. Although you know we run the shit, but still, uh, Wally Frogmore, <laughs> can we call McKinsey Dern Big Mac from now on? <laughs> I like that nickname. That that that's the one that could. Uh, that's the one that 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 could definitely stick. Um, oh yeah, John Ball, best worst rest members of severe me. We I think we discussed that at the start. It's, it's definitely <laughs> me. Um, Wally Frogmore, why does does the positive of McGregor largely go unnoticed by MMA media and media in general? As someone else said as well. Um, what could he could he could do something and the people look sideways? It was funny this actually because I took a video of him uh, with with that that young lad that was I believe on the late late show. I missed it on, on the Friday night before, but. Uh, you know that kind of went around a lot, and, and and I saw someone actually like rob my video, put it up, and goes, "This is something you'll never see the media talking about." And I was like, "I was on press row as a media member, and I put up the video that, <laughs> that you're going and you're saying the media are never talking about this." So, but like uh, a lot of people are saying, like as well, there was why aren't people talking about this, and why are people talking about this? And I think like we were at Bellator a couple while back when Conor McGregor jumped the cage, and what did we do? We reported it. We put up the videos. We we did a podcast afterwards. We talked about it. Conor McGregor did something good. What did I do? I reported it. I put up a video, and we're talking about it. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, you report it, and you talk about it. <laughs> and I think that's what a good sign of what, what MMA media should do and what we try to do. So if you know if people aren't doing that, you know this isn't a, a big newsworthy thing or anything maybe anywhere outside of Ireland because that young that young lad was on the the late late, uh, you know, and, and I saw a few people talking about it, and that's why he went up and took the video or whatever, and. You know, I think it's newsworthy in Ireland, but maybe outside of Ireland it is. And I saw a few people in our, a few media places in Ireland. I think the Sun had it or the Mirror or something had it. So I think it is happening. But what do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's just I think people do report. I think um, the the non MMA fans don't care. They they just want the controversy around Conor McGregor, so it gets blown up more and it gets shared around more. So that's maybe why he thinks that that's happening. But I, I think a, the people do talk about a lot of the positives about McGregor and his his, his 
maybe the, the thing people don't talk about about McGregor the most is how skilled the fighter he is. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like that's what yeah, gets, gets yeah. overshadowed, I think, more than anything. Even even by MMA fans, like um, like what he did to Eddie Alvarez, there was a bit of like for a couple of weeks, it was people were kind of like waxing lyrical, and then they just kind of forgot about how good dominant that was, and yeah. and people were trying to give him Mendez a round that he clearly didn't win against McGregor, and oh yeah, I don't know, people just can't see how good he is technically uh, fighting. Isn't it funny how if you if you tune into Severe ML podcast every week you'll get all sides of stuff, isn't it? Not that funny. Not funny. <laughs> well, well, what? Probably what? people probably shouting, "Yeah, you missed this. You missed that." <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but sure, you've an opportunity to send us in questions and we'll answer them. And uh, yeah, that's exactly. what we do. And uh, there's a lot of questions here actually, which we won't get to. But I'll answer them over on Patreon. So I'll go over there and uh, a few more here. Andy Stevenson at Andy St. One two three. Great man for the podcast. One for Graham. Was that? The worst performance of Linster's season with a full strength squad despite winning the European Cup. Congratulations, Graham. Your boys, Linster, won the European Cup. We were watching it <laughs> for a little bit on press row before the fight started. Um, answer that question there, Gwen. Yeah, the um, well, they, they, Linster have had some very poor, or were second team, second string teams out in the, the, the what's it called that, Rabo Direct, or the, the Rabo, no idea. the former Magnus League, the kind of Pro 14s, huh? one nobody cares about. Um, um, but in the in the European Cup, like the ref was just terrible. Uh, for b- both uh, the the two first kicks from, from Johnny Sexton that that got them six points and evened up the game. Both one of them was a blatant uh, professional foul, knocking the ball down. Uh, uh, by fo- the, the five who uh, is one of the best players in the world. What's his name again? Nak. Tommy Tamer. I don't know. No, no, he's a five. But that was blatant professional foul and cynical play. And the ref gave a penalty, and he should have given either a. A yellow card or even a penalty. We love complaining about referees. For fuck's sake. Did you see? Did you see the game? Yeah, yeah, I saw. Yeah, who cares? You fucking won. Can't you win in the game? Like, what are you talking about? You asked you about their performance. You didn't ask you about the fucking refereeing performance. Well, I'm just saying, though, they would have scored. They they were on to score two. They were on to score two tries and on on them on them six points. You didn't even watch the game, so you didn't even know what you're talking about. You didn't either. I did. I watched the I watched the sixty minute highlight. Did you watch Mayo and Galway yesterday? An absolutely terrible game. That was that was great. That's what you should be watching. <laughs> All right, a couple more here. Uh, Dan Mack, where's uh, where the fuck is talking brawls? Graham, where's nine? Is nine no, a far, farmer? I think. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone listen to this now. Tweet at Nile McGrath and just say the words. Get well where soon. Is, no. <laughs> yeah. Get well soon. When will talking brawls be back? Send those exact words at Nile McGrath for everyone listening to this right now. There's a few thousand of you listening to this, so everyone do it. Inundate Nile McGrath, and he gets so mad, it'll be hilarious. So do that, do that. <laughs> um, a few more questions to answer over on Patreon. There, football question here. We we we'll ended on this because the football season ended, and people like us talking about football. So we le- left to the end of MMA. If you don't like uh, soccer, you can just turn this off now. Dustin Hayes, which player past or present do you think had the best first touch had this argument with my mate for me it's Zidane he said Burkamp God Zidane is good show isn't it Zidane is definitely not show. Burkamp um I think Burkamp is he's a great player but he's here. overrated yeah, yeah way overrated yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah, Zidane. Um, every, a lot of players these days have like these days everybody nearly everybody every top class player has a yeah. ridiculously nice first touch um, Do you know who's an unbelievable first touch? Juan Mata. He is an yeah. unbelievable first touch. G- Steven Gerrard had a great first touch as well. To be honest, he was a great fellow for getting the you know getting the ball out of his out of his feet and getting the shots off. That was probably one yeah. of his best creating so. space with his, with his yeah. first touch. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, these days, I think everybody has a really good first touch. Uh, when when somebody doesn't have a good first touch, it's very noticeable these days. <laughs> very I, noticeable. I like lads. 
like I think Luis Suarez doesn't have the best first touch in the world, but I like lads who kind of use that as uh, he's and I think Lukaku does a little bit as well, and people criticize him for not, and he's improved an awful lot with his first touch in the last year. And uh, you know, I've criticized criticize him enough, but I like lads like that who Diego Costa is a little bit like that as well, who kind of use that <laughs> as you know, they, they they use their strength to get it get past that and you know do 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 good things with it. But yeah. Well, what do you think actually about um Man United or, or Man City plus twenty two points from last year, got earned twenty two more points, Man United plus twelve points from last year, Liverpool minus one points from last year in the league. So it's, what do you think about your team regressing and Man United and Man City just getting further and further ahead all the well, way? Well as as me and you said when I think Liverpool were second at the time um a few months back uh, and kind of top four was already kinda of in the bag for both teams that it didn't matter at all and Liverpool obviously were concentrating on uh, the proper tournament while Man United were knocked out and top so were, four was in the bag if you'd lost yeah. to Brighton at the weekend and Chelsea had won, you would have got top four. So I wouldn't say it was in the bag. Even the last uh, day it was down to so handy, handy five points. So handy that, yeah, five. that 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 um that comment. And even with resting, rest, resting a lot. Of, no, you were you were even saying to yourself, we can go back and check the record, bud. Yeah, but I just said <laughs> I just say that to talk shy. Let's be honest. Uh, so everything you say is just shy talking. So we can, might as well not listen to you then. Yes, <laughs> basically it. That's basically it. But yeah, it's it's great to see Man United finishing bigger, two bigger places. Fry, you know. Yeah, Liverpool yeah. had important games while Man United were, were knocked out and worrying about uh, community shields and, and FA Cups. Isn't it funny that David Moyes has won more silverware with Man United than Jurgen Klopp has won with Liverpool? Um, if you count if you count friendlies, like Mourinho seems to do, there's a, like a, one of them fucking, uh, what you call it, friendly cups uh, Klopp has. We're, we're kind of friendlies as cups these days, aren't we? You, want, you wanted him sacked anyway, so that's all good. So it's, it's <laughs> anyway, we, we're going to have soccer podcasts if you, if you like that sort of thing over the next couple of weeks we, we should probably do a Premier League review but maybe we'll do that at some stage we're going to have Luke Thomas on as well I must get on to him actually we're going to have him on before the Champions League final to over on Patreon patreon.com forward slash Superman podcast to talk about that I'm going to have Richard Kiley on as well in the next couple of weeks I'm going to have Crooklyn on I'm going to have Jeremy Botter on I was talking to all of them so now is a good time to sign up for Patreon you'll get your month's worth in, in the month of May we're going to have those four interviews we're going to have shitload of more stuff so you know we, we've actually a great thing up about gsp there last week i really enjoyed doing that with the irg as one which is up for free so if you want to see what it's like head on over patreon.com forward slash severe podcast listen that rodriguez one if you liked it for four euro a month four euro ten cent whatever it is a month i don't think that's much that's too bad so head on over there do that uh, graham anything to say before we leave it no nah, that's good all right good enjoy the good meeting back. meeting lots of people yeah, he might be. Oh, yes, might be yes. on a different day next week or the week after. There's Sean's got a lot of drinking to do. Yeah, and uh, yeah, UFC Liverpool is well in two weeks' time. Is on Sunday, so we definitely went back to Monday or Tuesday that week, and it'll probably be Monday next week as well, uh, Monday evening. So uh, just for the next probably next three weeks, next month or so, uh, we'll be uh, on uh, different days, but we'll be back to Sundays after that. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. To be on podcast, Fabrice. Uh, no. Severe, yeah, whatever. You know, you know where to go. I'm just getting fired. <laughs> now, so go there. Patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast. Thanks everyone as well. Don't we met a Pam? I met a lot of people who said they listened to the podcast, said they enjoy it. Really appreciate the support. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was, that was, it was great to meet you all. Hopefully, we'll meet you at the, the next one as well. All right, there you go. And this week's inspirational quote is the only thing left to do. Whatever you are, be a good one. We'll see you next Tuesday. It'll actually probably be Tuesday next week. So good luck.